All right, so as you know, everything in life turns on, in a way, one thing, numbers, right? I mean, I can make that, that, that argument. I remember when uh, the whole digital world was just beginning, they were trying to explain the notion of digitization, right? Everything was in bits of ones and zeros, ones and zeros, right? Combinations of such. Never quite understood that, but what I did understand that everything could be assigned a numerical representation, right? So in a way, everything that you see, certainly in a video or even in music, for example, is a form of digitization. Bear with me, I'm getting somewhere with this, right? Uh, numbers are everywhere in, in, uh, in nature and otherwise, right? We, we talk about the laws of physics, for example. There, is, there, there are, of course, tremendous amounts of numbers there for us that we've concocted on a base 10 scale, but nevertheless, numbers, numbers, numbers. Same thing with chemistry, same thing with biology, same thing with just your existence itself. And then when we think about decisions, right? Should I go into a car when I'm drunk, for example? Not that I drink very much at all, not that I ever get drunk, but nevertheless, if one were to get drunk, you start thinking about, well, the chances of me being able to go home uh, and, you know, safely, it has greatly diminished, right? So you would say, not going to do that because you've increased the odds of a car crash. You don't want to do that. But you're engaging in the process of using numbers in that analysis, right? Fair enough. So same thing with uh, just about virtually everything else that you do. Now, recently, and, and Ari brought this up, uh, there's been a, a confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh, the uh, proposed nominee for the Supreme Court by uh, President Trump. We like him. We think he's a very solid conservative, and he's going to be a good justice, and he will be confirmed. But during the process, uh, there was a question from Senator Dianne Feinstein, who is, uh, I guess, retiring soon enough, and not soon enough. No, not <laughs> retiring. A, She's running for re-election. No. Yeah. She is? Yeah, and you will get to vote for her. Or you will get to, you're in California, so you'll get to either uh, vote for her or someone who's an even bigger idiot. I, <laughs> so that's well, your she's choice. A, she's, a, she's a pretty big fool right now. Not as bad as Boxer was. Oh, that's why I was, I was confusing her for Boxer. Oh, right? yeah, Boxer Boxer's out. Retired, yeah, she's yeah. retired. Okay, fair enough. But uh, she's got to be retiring soon enough. Anyway, isn't she like 80-something? And We never talk about a lady's age. Ah, yes, that's We true. only discuss their weight. Well, there's numbers for you. <laughs> Both of them are, the, those are numbers. Anyway, so, <laughs> but that's not the kind of numbers we're talking about today. So, at some point, uh, she asked a question to Kavanaugh about uh, numbers of guns out there. Right, And so he, Kavanaugh, was saying the reason why he voted against a ban against assault rifles, and I'm just summarizing here, the gist of it was, well, when you t consider all the numbers of guns out there and how difficult it would be to classify them one way or the other, uh, that would virtually wipe out any kind of guns whatsoever. You know, your, your impression of what an assault weapon is uh, would be subsumed under all these things. Yeah, the, the, the sound of the substance where I think is germane to your example is he was asked to classify weapons as unusual weapons for banning. Right. And the, the, some of the attributes that went in a certain bill that classified certain weapons as unusual pertain to almost every weapon in the country. Right. So he said, well, I can't classify as unusual the vast, vast, vast majority of weapons. Right. That are in private hands. That would be a legally, um, let's just say, um, 
irresponsible, uh, legally well, irresponsible, and um, and vague. Yes, yes. All right. So, and so her retort to that was, which by the way, I think Kavanaugh's response was was perfect. Yeah. And a very good justification. And and by the way, we use law all, uh, numbers in law all the time. But nevertheless, she responded, "Are you t- telling me that you're making a decision based upon numbers?" <laughs> to which I think he turned to his aides who are next to him and say, is that okay? <laughs> of course he's talking about numbers. You know, lady, ma'am, senator, as Boxer preferred to be called, you, everything is numbers. Every decision in some way involves numbers, right? Well, especially if you're trying to classify something as defined as normal. Right. Because normal requires you to hold that most things fit this definition. For sure. In any category. Right. And normal is different in different times and different places. Yeah, For example. Normal people don't commit murder. <laughs> normal right. people breathe air. You know? Right. right. Look, uh, you know, 110 degrees uh, heat Fahrenheit, of course, uh, you know, in, in Washington state uh, would be very abnormal. It would be beyond the charts abnormal. However, in the summer in Phoenix, very normal. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. the way it works. So, uh, of course, we deal with numbers all the time. Uh, not just the temperature. There it is, the temperature. We just use another example of numbers. Um, and, and we make decisions constantly based upon numbers. We have proofs. Um, even when you have a test of a medical, uh, a, a test drug, for example, Guess what's involved there? That's right, numbers, right? If you were to test upon 10,000 people and it only appears to work on one person, you'd say this drug is not necessarily effective. Uh, You might try a different kind of brand of that drug, but you would never say, let's put this out on the market. Uh, And if it's hurting too many people, you would definitely take it off. Numbers are powerful. If, on the other hand, of the 10,000, 9,990 people seem to improve because of it, well, then you've got some numbers to back you up, right? So it's also decision-making in terms of even when we get married, the person that we look at, we use numbers. You know, a woman certainly does. She looks at a man and says, you know, is this, can I count on this man, literally count, right, to be there for me if there is a crisis happening, right? Uh, And this is to say nothing of what are the chances of him being a successful person, Again, chances, right? She's talking, in, in, in her mind, she's thinking about probabilities about whether this man will be a good father, a good provider, and uh, you know, a, a good companion for her, right? And, and all the other things that one hopes for in a marriage. Likewise, a man uh, will look at a woman and have very similar criteria for a future well, let's face it. Is she beautiful? That's that. And will she stay beautiful? Well, no, but that's another story. No, there's three num- numerical categories. They're very often looked at. Age, talked about before. Right. Weight, we've talked about before. Yes. And the chances she will stab you in the neck with a sharp object if you piss her off in your sleep. You see, folks, okay. numbers. Numbers. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, man. But, anyway. But, 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 but wait, wait, wait. Hang yeah. on. So, and, and then you have, like, uh, I'll prove it yet again. You know. Okay, so I'm trying to think like a liberal here, and it's very, very discombobulating. Well, here. You, you can't think. I you can't do it. I just like can't do it. Yeah. I could be myself. All right. You have to unthink. Like all right. So, so like, so they they love this thing called global warming, right? Which right. later became a climate change, of course. And then the, <laughs> the, the numbers keep on changing on them, and they ignore the numbers 
but but even they will will try to profess to you that the reason why we got to act quickly and do a lot of stuff and change our entire civilization is because well you know we're gonna all die okay but the funny thing is they don't really give you numbers they don't tell you I mean I, I really want to know I, I mean I asked a liberal friend of mine today who was very adamant about global warming he called the climate change of course and he was just we you are it's irresponsible Barack and I said okay listen you're I'm with you if you can tell me three things okay first of all how much is the sea level going to rise okay and then when will it rise to that level okay is it 20, will you agree with me that if it's going to only rise one millimeter in the next 30 years, we don't really have a big problem? He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then will you agree with me that if man is only responsible for 0.5% of the global warming that's happening, even assuming it's warming, by the way, but let's say it is, but if man is only contributing 0.5% to that and the rest of it is, is natural, you would agree with me that it doesn't really make sense for us to do anything or to really be alarmed at the very least. Sure, I don't want to litter and such like that, but that's a different story. And, and he says, well, yeah, I, I guess. I said, okay, now, so tell me, because you're very adamant about this, tell me how high is the water going to rise, when it's going to rise to that level, and what percentage is man responsible for this? <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, don't you think you ought to know these numbers? before you chastise me about this thing. Because all I'm saying is, I think we ought to know those numbers. If you could prove to me that it's 20 feet high, let's say, and it's going to happen in 10 years, and that we are 95% responsible for it, I'd be with you. I would say that's not a political issue, right? Just no more than, than a tornado coming at us right now, or that, that's about to develop, is, is a political issue. That's nothing to do with it. Tornadoes don't care if you're conservative or liberal, right? So... Numbers, man, numbers. And, and the funny thing is, these people understand it too. They just want to ignore it when it's not numbers in their favor. Example. So you'll hear people talk about uh, the Exodus story. And, and what do they always say about the Exodus story? The, the atheists in, in particular, right? Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, right, exactly right. Yeah, if it did happen, it was like an earthquake or a tidal wave. Or right, right. Some sort of global anomaly that happened to happen at the same time, the right taste, but not a miracle. <laughs> I like his, uh, you got to see his space affectation here, folks. It's very, quite priceless. Was, anyway, that, was that a good? It was good. It was very nice. You, you, sounded, you sounded very, uh, I don't know. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that all the time. You sound a little bit like uh, the guy who did the Bonfire of the Vanities. What's his name? The, the, Tom the writer. Wolf. Tom Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I, I will never stop, by the way, until I, my voice sounds exactly like Sebastian Gorka. I really, I, how does he say? The, the fantastic thing about Trump is that we <laughs> will not stop supporting him very, very much. <laughs> anyway, I do love his voice. Yeah, He's but, great. But, I want to I be yeah. Sebastian Gorka. Anyway, look, look. So, so they say they say that there is no evidence. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. If only there were some evidence of, you know, the Exodus story or for that matter, the Bible, uh, you know, we don't have any evidence know-how. Never mind that there's actually plenty of evidence. You know, speak to our good friend, uh, Brad Sparks, right? Dr. Brad Sparks, I believe, 
who has uncovered it. He's an Egyptologist. He's uncovered tremendous amounts of evidence. And published it. You know, yeah. you know, back in the old days, which Brad follows the old day rules, you actually have to have evidence to publish something in an <laughs> academic journal. And right. Brad did that. Right. So, yeah. Yahtzee. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bingo. <laughs> Mahjong. <laughs> okay, so... So, but but there's of course it's not conclusive evidence naturally. There's no video of it. There's no fingerprints, you know, of that. Although I, I think that the uh, the atheist would would not believe it anyway, no matter how much evidence you would present uh, before him. So, but anyway, so that's but these same people, these same people, Ari, believe fiercely in evolution, fiercely. Never mind that there's not one bit of evidence. Of, of a fossil that, you know, changed from one species to the other. Never mind that. Never mind the logical conundrum of how long does it take for each mutation to occur. Yeah, and there right? must have been a lot to, of bad ones that are lying dead somewhere yes, for us to find. Yes, where's there the three-headed like horse, the, you know? Yeah, there, there must be, like, there's monkey bones, there's human bones, and then where's the tweeners? Yes, right? the tweeners. There must be a lot of tweeners. Yes, yes no, but, no they, tweeners. but they're ready to believe, you know, yeah. it's uh, no problem. And you're a fool if you don't believe like that. Yeah. And, and that same thing is true for global warming. It's You're really just trying to pin them down, and you're the crazy one, you understand, for being skeptical. Just skeptical. Oh, no, 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 you're not You're, you're, you're a madman for not... Crazy and madmen are medical I know. conditions. They're working on making you a criminal right, for that's skeptics. That's which true. Is so you're, you're a criminal. You're right, yeah. But, but they, they, you are absolutely loony bonkers. You're, you're a weird duck, whatever you want to say, for not, not just believing in it, but being a wholehearted knower of climate change. That this is science, dude. And you are just, uh, it's, it's like literally you don't believe in gravity. Yeah, normally we break for sirens, but in this case it works as a sound effect, as in <laughs> here come the authorities to get us oh, yes. for, for, yes. for doling out some climate skepticism. <laughs> That's right. Take uh, me away, boys. We've got a code 110, folks. Yeah. Denial of climate change. <laughs> and, and you're so right because it's, there's, there's like two things going on with the, with the Feinstein situation. Both are rich. First of all, the, the, the assumption, the assumptive position that relying on numbers is the stupidest thing ever. Right. When clearly it's not, right? right? Whether it's chance, actual numbers, number of times things happen, they're all at play. The other, and I think this is where it's really going to be rich for you, and I can't wait for you to address it, is the idea of using numbers to correlate a conclusion of normalcy. Right. And how she was just shocked that anyone would conclude anything is normal because that is so revealing about the wrongest leftist right. is that they have because I think there's a broader thing here I, I've always wanted to like nail this this point but it's always been kind of circling around there's a war on the normal well of course is and this is why you have liberals who always uh, jump at you whenever you say well generally speaking blah 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 right <laughs> and so like you, you try to explain that okay men generally think x and women tend to think in in, in the y way whatever yeah. whatever it is or normal people do right yeah. you know? it's but but that's normally <laughs> yeah. you expect blah 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 and if, for example normally speaking i think men of all the people who follow sports, I think most of them are men, okay? Especially the ones like you who, who know all the details of who's been, uh, you know, who, who captained this thing, what, what the Super Bowl scores were at halftime and so forth. You know all these little details. Uh, even if a woman is interested in sports, she won't necessarily know every single detail. 
There are some women who do that, but very few compared to the men. Okay, so that's a fair statement, but they don't like these generalizations. What they want instead is for you to believe an agenda item and damn the numbers. So that's, a, you know, a global warming is a good example. That evolution is another example of that. You also have to believe every, the other, all the other agenda items that they, uh, they throw at you about, about minimum wage and taxes and so forth. Um, and, and that's why they just don't care about this stuff. They, numbers are offensive to them because if they actually had to deal with numbers, then they, would, they might actually have to go the conservative way. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's quite, quite apparent to me. And that's why we conservatives, we don't realize it, but the reason why we're so flummoxed, why we scratch our heads as we watch our liberal friends do what they do, is that we're arguing with them with our numbers, right? In one way or the other, we are arguing with numbers. We are saying to them, for example, just to use the tax uh, rate, for example, we lowered the tax rate, which is itself a number, and we say, you know, the, the more you lower the tax rate, the more business increases, right? And by and large, again, there's that phrase, or generally, if you like, that is going to increase and develop the economy. Surprise. And that brings more money, which in turn is numbers, right? They don't like hearing that because, well, it flies in the face of their agenda that higher taxes are good and make it more fair, whatever that means, fair. But even if the word fair would, would suggest numbers too, they, they, they are doing these mental distortions within themselves. And in their own arguments, they do this. So it's, it's frustrating. Uh, and that's why we have these, these challenges. But whenever you scratch your heads, that's what's really going on, my friends. They are not dealing with the numbers. Because every decision you make, every rational person, and, and the word rational itself suggests the word numbers, right? It is not rational uh, to, uh, to buy lottery tickets. Just to, it's just not rational. You can do it for fun for a couple of times if you want the thrill of checking the TV and seeing. Yeah, but it's, somehow, not, rational it's buy, not rational to buy lottery tickets with the intent that it will result in a regular income. Right. Good, good example. Or for that matter, gambling in Las right. Vegas or anywhere. You know, I, 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 you know my expression. I always say it. Uh, I believe in God uh, for the same reason why I don't believe in gambling. It's the numbers, right? I, the, the numbers demand that you do not gamble as a form of living. And I, and I remember even as a 16-year-old boy, I would see these people going to Las Vegas. I went on a trip to Las Vegas once with, uh, with, with my family, I think. And I saw all these people so ever hopeful as they walked into this casino, opulent with gold trimmings and everything else. And each one of them individually thinking this is going to be their day, right? Never even thinking for a moment that the odds were literally stacked against them. But these casinos, and, and they're allowed to do it, are allowed to literally stack the odds against you. So each person comes in with his own sense of numbers and hopes that he alone will do well. But he doesn't realize that in the, in the great mass of things, he, the chances are that he's going to lose money. And they always lose money, right? I mean, and they rarely gain money. And when they do gain money, they decide to keep it rolling until the point where the, the odds go against them once again, and then they lose all their money. It's fascinating. And by contrast, God, to me, is a very rational thing. I just, and what dictates that? Wait for it. Wait for it. The numbers, the, prob the probabilities of all the things we've talked about before so many times on this podcast. We can look at old podcasts for that purpose. But 
you know, the, the chances of life happening organically on this planet, the, the chances of us being in such a perfect planet, right? Uh, you know, where we are in the solar system, where we are in the galaxy for that matter. It doesn't, it, it's so crystal perfect. And then in addition, the fact that Jupiter sucks all the asteroids and that we're in a perfect, virtually perfect circular orbit, um, all, all the perfections of the human body, the, the complexities of it all, nothing like that could have happened so easily. And, and the very notion of free will that that could happen organically. There's, there's too many questions. So we, we're summarizing it right now, but we, we talked about it at great length before. But it was all numbers, numbers, numbers. And that's why it's not that I believe in God. I know that there's a God. It's just like as certain as somebody is about climate change, I am certain about God. And I'm right and they're wrong. How about that? And you also cling to the normal and along with the rational yes, the normal. and you're okay with it and you're not and you're exasperated that there are people out there who cling to the abnormal and act like it should be accepted in every day in every alternative decision they make whether it's lifestyle or just plain old foolishness right and i think what's so interesting about the the Feinstein incident that is the the triggering the, point the here seed of this conversation mm-hmm. is it reveals something that we, we as conservatives are more than happy to look at 99% of the uncomfortable stuff, discuss it in a rational way to try to hope to uh, rationalize what's going on for purposes of understanding. And one of the things we cling to, hopefully, Our God and is, well, that, yes, <laughs> from cold dead hands. But the idea that even if we have a person in front of us who disagrees with most of what we disagree with, the possibility of a conversation, provided you speak the same language, is always there. But no, it actually isn't. We, the, the Feinstein comment reveals something very scary, something very sinister, which is there are huge numbers of people out there who cling to such abnormal foolishness that conversation becomes impossible. Yeah. And there is no end to it other than... Chaos, and what do I mean by that? I'm not advocating for the going out and, and you know laying uh, you know violence against those who disagree with me. The the opposite. What I see is those who disagree with me because of a lack of rationality and a lack of reasonableness on their part that is ever increasing. <laughs> that they are the ones who are bringing violence and chaos to our shores. To right. our society, you see it with daily with Antifa, with the, the the speech codes on college campuses, the need to censor rather than allow free expression. In right. the case of you right. know social media or Prager University or any of these other forms, like PragerU is so brilliant because you see Alex Jones censored, you know the Infowars people right. and whatever. That's a conspiracy site where the guy's subject matter is conspiracy theories, and some of them he believes, some of them he just discusses. But you can take it or leave it, you know whatever. It's a niche subject, you know, for a niche audience. Right, but he, but should, with, he should be allowed to say uh, it. Of course, but that's not the point of this. The point is, you then have Prager University, the Prager site, from the Dennis Prager world of thought, which is the most rational and reasonably toned and thought through kind of content that no one should have any problem at least giving a, a voice or a, a platform to. Right. It's there is nothing controversial or pornographic or you know unseemly well, about it. Yeah. And the other side, which sits on the razor's edge of violence at every moment, we now see that 
it has to make sure that's not even spoken because they can't handle it. They they don't want it. They the, the celebrations of the bizarre are becoming so commonplace for them that a senator who's up for re-election in a few weeks is willing to go on national TV and make the most absurdly stupid statement with full confidence that it won't affect her re-election chances one whit. Right. Yeah, like the, like the guy who, who was concerned about putting more soldiers on the island of Guam because, you know, the island, might, he was concerned the island might flip over. You yeah, know, you like see tip it. over. Like, like a lily pad, you know. Yes. <laughs> That's what he thought it was. Anyway, uh, but, but look, going back to those numbers and why people get so uh, hot and bothered by it, for example, there's two things I can say right away. One of them is this, uh, you remember this slew of perceived uh, black, uh, sorry, white on, white cop on black uh, victim, victim crimes. crimes, and that there was this rash of horrific uh, police brutalities. And never mind, of course, that that there were so few of them that you could actually remember the names on, on one hand uh, <laughs> of this one thing. Of them, right? Yeah, right. So this is supposed to represent what 100,000 each. I mean, what's the deal, yo? And so, and I presented that on my radio show when some guy called in and I said, name me anybody else. You know, if you're saying it's happening all over the place, name me one more. Yeah, other than Freddie, Michael, Trayvon, Eric, and uh, yeah. Rodney. Yeah. Who are they? Who are they? Yeah. And they couldn't find it. And, and by the way, all those things were just, uh, you know, every single one that you're talking about were justified uh, police responses, um, with the exception maybe of uh, Freddie, Freddie Gray. But even then, it was an issue. And then, but, but they responded in such a violent way. Right. So, but the, the fact is, the numbers dictated. One conclusion is that, you know what, now that I think about it, I, I don't think there is very significant racism in America. Yeah, right? or so uh, racism is not normal. It's not normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not only that it's not normal, but it's extremely rare. <laughs> right, it's right? extremely right. abnormal. So, but what about Charlottesville, let's say? And I say, to which I say, are you kidding? Let me get this straight. They managed to get some white nationalists, uh, supremacists, they got together about 200 people. And let me understand this. They had months to plan this and had the full power of the internet and social media and everything else. And all they can get was 200 schmucks <laughs> in there who didn't even know, you know how to find their way. Seriously, this is your, your example of, of the great terror that, that's involved here? I mean, really, numbers are important, my friends. Yeah, meanwhile, when you tell the left that, hey, some racists are gathering in a place, right. you just tell them that, whether it's rooted in fact or not. Numbers? Thousands of them show up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, yeah. to to so, beat those racists away. Yeah, and, and they're be, they're being the fascists, of course, in the process. Yeah, they've just decided that you're a fascist, and they're gonna they're gonna hit you with fascist tactics, of course. Right. So the other uh, big example is the transgender nonsense. Okay, so they would have you believe. I mean, it, really, it's just so much fun to ask people what percentage do you think there are of transgenders? We know we've talked about that briefly before. But it's, it's just fascinating. It's like t talking to people about Israel, right? You, you, you ask people, how big do you think Israel is? And most people have no idea. And then I, you tell them, you know, give me an example of a state or maybe a combination of states of the, America, uh, of the United States. And they'll eventually say, oh, I don't know, Texas? Like, okay. And <laughs> I keep on going with that. And it's amazing the ignorance. So they, they, numbers are just not important to them. And the transgender stuff which is even tinier. I mean, it's, it's a sliver of a fraction of a whatever of the gay community, for example. They're not trans, Transgenders are not necessarily gay, of course. I'm simply saying that they're just 
if, if, if gays are anywhere between three and six percent, depending on who you talk to, of uh, of a population, the uh, the amount of transgenders is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of that. It's tiny. And yet they would have you believe that this is something that we all have to now change our language about and our whole civilization around, and all, as to say nothing of our bathrooms and our locker rooms and so forth. So I, I'd be all jiggy with changing it all if, if everyone, you know, if every other person is transgendered. I, I suppose, yeah, we gotta, we got to think about that. But, but, when, but so few, one out of, uh, I think a total of 35,000 people, total, I'm not talking percentages now, I'm talking an, an, a full number, 35,000 people in the entire country are, are transgendered in some form or another, then I don't think we need to change our entire civilization. Certainly not our word choices and such. Sounds like but, more that we don't have to change a goddamn thing. Right, for we shouldn't. that few people. Right, and, and, and likewise, you know, but, but there are only 3 to 6% of gays, for example, and they said, well, you need to change your whole institution of marriage. Right, boom. But if you were to tell them, you know, I, you gotta look at the numbers, my friend, it's not really, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and then it, it, it doesn't even dawn on them. For example, uh, if you were to ask somebody uh, about the safest cities, okay, and until recently because of the uh, de Blasio, the, the new mayor, until his uh, election as mayor, New York was a pretty damn safe city between the time of uh, what the early the mid 90s from to, Giuliani's uh, election to when Michael Bloomberg left right. it was about uh, 20 years yeah but it took a little time for for Giuliani to fix New York but he did it yeah. and he did it very uh, quickly 96 97 yeah. it became so safe. mid mid uh, 90s suddenly New York was a pretty damn good place to live and to do business and everything else really a fun place too changed everything and uh, but guess what it's it was it was crime down to zero no okay it was the, the murder rate went just went almost to the floor, but like an asymptote, it never quite goes to zero, right? The, 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 there probably was a rape or two, you know, as, as tragic as it is. You ask the rape victim or the, the murder victim's family about the crime rate in New York, and he won't give a crap that it's the safest city anymore. But it is. Numbers. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Okay? So, and it gets to the point that even if, and I put it to you this way, even if there was only 10 murders in all of America in any one year, the Democrats would say, we've got a rash of problems here. Why, how could they possibly say that? Because numbers are extracted from the conversation. They are not interested in numbers. And, and we know it because whenever you confront a liberal and you ask them about numbers. And that's why we always win our arguments, by the way. When you ask them about the numbers, they are unable to come up with it. Yeah, and let's just add a quick caveat. Winning the argument does not mean the liberal suddenly saw the light and goes, Oh, Barack, I'm sorry, I agree now. Right. That never happens. No, never, never. We win the argument because we are right. Right. They don't necessarily see the light because they have a choice. You right. know, free will, thou mayest. Well, you, you, you know, yeah, you know you've won the argument when they respond by the following, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's or, when you know you've won. I don't know about that. <laughs> right. I'll uh, get back to you on yeah. that. Or you're a hater. Right. Or stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> or you're a racist. Right. Those yeah. are the four responses where you know you've won the argument. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about that. Stop it. Stop it. No stop way. it. You're a hater. You're a racist. But that's mm. but that but that's the way to always debate with these liberals on these classic issues, right? Whether it's minimum wage, evolution, global warming, uh, high taxes, or whatever you want, 
just go to the numbers and ask them to give you numbers of where, to use evolution as an example, where, how, many, uh, how many fossils do we have showing a transition between one right. to the other? They won't know. How, <laughs> how, how long does it take for a mutation to occur? They won't know, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's, how many times has, uh, you know, have you seen a fossil with three, a three-headed horse, for example? They won't know. So, you know, you can see their brains kind of like uh, fuming at the, at, the, at, the, um, at the thought of it. And then, of course, we talked about global warming. And you ask them, how high is it going to be? When is it going to be? You know, and what percentage is, is man responsible? These are, these are relevant questions if you want to change the entire planet's civilizational structure. Don't you think, Bob, <laughs> when you ask him that? But instead, they've just been packaged, this thing. And it's, it's a number-free policy. Numbers-free. Okay, and and then you talk about minimum wage, and and you know, look, if you if you don't consider the numbers, minimum wage sounds great, yeah, right. But the reason why minimum wage is so lousy is because the numbers say it is lousy. Yeah, and, and the same goes with communism. Yes. I mean, beautiful. The, 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 communism sounds great until you factor in the numbers <laughs> and the definition of normal. Yeah, normal communist regimes result in poverty, tyranny, and death. Okay? Right. But that's now, only because it's the, never been applied correctly, you understand. I, let's leave that aside <laughs> yes. for a minute. Let's I just know. talk about the normal and then the numbers. So only if you have a war on the normal do you say, well, that's hate speech. Right. Right? Let's try it anyway. Let's try it one more time. You know, let's stick that fork in the electrical socket, as you said last right. week, one more time. Right. Because I, I'm sure this time we won't get electrocuted by it. <laughs> that was so, right? so funny. Well, look, I mean. And, and of course, it leads to an interesting question that I think pertains about this is the evil of communism because the communist ideas are bad? Or does communism, for some reason, and by the way, hint to this test, Yes is the correct answer to both of these. Okay. Or does communism, for some reason, based on the values it holds, attract really bad people and really stupid people to believing in it and implementing it? Yeah. yeah. Both are true. Both are true. And, and you, you kind of made passing reference to um, the whole atheism argument uh, before, before our, our podcast. And I think it's, it's a good point. I mean, in my book... Uh, I, what do I do? I use the numbers. I, in fact, the chapter, now that I think about it, the chapter that we talk about where we show how destructive atheism is in all the governments that assumed atheism as, as a central tenet, right. uh, we, we called it murder by numbers, didn't murder we? Murder by numbers, right? right. So, and we went through each of the you know, obvious atheistic societies. Uh, and there's like a hundred more, by the way, that I couldn't conclude. I mean, it would be the whole book. Yeah, the book had a limit of several hundred pages rather than several thousand. Right, it would have truly thousand. encapsulate yeah. this. But so what? So, so I so I go through you know Cuba, I go through the Soviet Union, China, Vietnam, um, Yugoslavia for that matter, Romania. I, I go through every single one that was communist or socialist or fascist for that matter, including Hitler, of course, and, and Mussolini. Because Hitler, because fascism and socialism are really the, are the same thing. You understand that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm asking that to the listener. I know that you know that. that they are, oh, I was nodding silently in, in your intelligence at knowing <laughs> that that was the listener. It is the same thing, to. yeah. Yes. So it, it, there's the only difference between socialism, uh, sorry, communism and fascism there's no difference. It's it's about the same difference between as there is between an alligator and a crocodile. You that's the difference. Okay, you just don't want to be near, near either of them. They're both equally yeah. fast, equally deadly, 
uh, and there's there's some small nuanced difference that doesn't mean a thing. Anyway, so we go through these chapters, and we give you the numbers. This country killed 50,000. This country killed 500,000. This country, China, for example, killed 70 million. Okay, Hitler, of course, killed 6 million Jews and, uh, you know, about another 50 million others. Okay, so, and no time, did any democracy ever do that? Okay? And no time did any country that was governed by a Christian or Jewish ideology do anything close to that. Okay? And even when they could point to the Inquisition, they even could point to the Crusades, it had nothing to do with uh, religious leaders doing this. It had to do with people who happened to be Christian. That doesn't mean all Christians are perfect. That the point is, the numbers are just so powerful. Now, the, what was the, the, the most, it was fascinating, Ari, reading reviews of my book, especially by the atheists, you know, they, the people who believe they, they liked it, they, they were very thorough in their praise of the book. Um, they said, uh, really, they, they, it was very, very nice, but they went through it and they explained why it was a good book. The other is the atheists, who all gave it one stars, by the way. They, they said that it was palpably irresponsible to suggest that, you know, my, my, my logical flow that all these atheist governments were doing all these horrible things is just wrong. It just can't, it, that's not right. Because surely there, he, Lurie ignores all the atheist governments that did all the good things. To which I say, like what? I mean, I, we were able to boldly state there's not one time in history, not one, where an atheist uh, government took over and good things happened. Okay, there's just never in the history of the world. Now, you can very well say that doesn't mean the atheism is wrong. It may very well be that we have a godless universe and that there is, and that we're all just fooling ourselves. Okay? Okay, that's a, I, I think you're wrong to believe that from the numbers that, like we talked about before, but don't lie to me and say that's, a, that's somehow good for society, whatever good means to you. Maybe murders are a good thing, I don't know. But the numbers dictate that you understand the atheism is dangerous. That's all. I live by the numbers. You live by the numbers. Even the liberal, yeah, I'm going to go there, lives by the numbers, right? He knows that unless he works uh, and takes special attention and plans for the future and actually counts his money from time to time, uh, he's never going to make it in life. It's going to be bad for him, right? Just like the guy who decides he's going to drink and think that somehow it's not going to have an effect on him later on, on the road. It will. This is what I worry about. Because once you pluck the numbers out of any analysis, as Dianne Feinstein apparently does, that, that's why it's such a brilliant uh, symbolic moment. Because it was revealing. It, was, it revealed leftist or wrongest uh, thinking, as you like to call it, wrongest. Uh, wrongest non-thinking. Non-thinking, exactly. Really. But th th this is, it, it truly captured it. Like numbers? What do numbers have to do with anything? Yeah, That's outrageous that you would come to a, a conclusion, uh, of Judge Kavanaugh, of, 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 of what a good decision is based upon numbers. Uh, to, to <laughs> and layered on top of what you captured so well right now with the emotional indignation in her <laughs> voice. Yes, you know, yes. Just admitting the stupidity and being proud of it. Yeah. 
right? Oh man, it's 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 it's, it's un it's truly remarkable. It because <laughs> uh, the manuals will say like like I mean we're, we're using English as a common language because we seem to understand that we have to speak in one language to understand each other. But there'll be there'll come a day where they'll say, "Why should I? I don't accept your your words as as reality." Right. In fact, the word reality is not reality anymore. Right. So I don't use it. The word fact is no longer a fact. Nothing is what it appears to be. But but if we don't have that, then everything falls apart. My friends, all I'm telling you is very plainly, we need numbers in life. And whenever somebody throws something at you as a bold statement and makes you look or makes it wants to make you look like you're a nut for believing X or Y or Z, or for not believing A, B, or C, you just retort back and say, okay, listen, I'm willing to be convinced. Just before I get convinced, I just need some numbers. Tell me, go, right? Whether it comes to God, whether it comes to, to evolution, whether it comes to global warming, whether it comes to minimum wage, whether it comes to our relationship with, with our foreign allies and, and, our, and our beef with our foreign enemies, you, you always turn to the numbers. Always. So, for example, when somebody tells you, and I, and I had this on my trip when I was in Europe a lot, people say, how can you like this Trump guy? This is a terrible thing. I, like, he's really something. He's, whoo. And they do the circle around their ear to suggest he's crazy. And I say, listen, how many crimes has Trump done compared to Hillary Clinton? Just go. Tell me. And they're unable to come with any. I said, you know what Hillary Clinton did, right? I mean, what would you rather have? A man that appears to be a little uncouth, is brash if you want to say that, Versus a person, in this case Hillary Clinton, who um, who not only deleted emails but destroyed <laughs> destroyed the server with a hammer, no less. Clearly sold secrets and loyalties to uh, foreign governments, and uh, allowed the, the the United States government to be up for sale. And to uranium one, for example. And what what, were you, what do you think was going to happen? These are facts. These are numbers. And a lot of money involved, too. But you don't care about that. So, and then when I say it that way, they say, I never thought of it that way. Never. I say, you ought to think about that way. Yeah, well, that's the problem now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, but it was cute now. When you talk to people about Hillary Clinton, because you say, well, you know, because that's the natural go-to argument, right? Trump on the one hand, Hillary Clinton on the other. And you know, you know what they say all the time now? I've noticed that's in the past. Hillary Clinton is no longer relevant. She's, you know, she's not going to be running again. So, you know, focus on... Well, but wait a minute. But hold on. But, but that's all we have to go on. You can't do that because the next liberal that runs, or wrongest, that runs against Trump uh, in 2020 is going to be doing the exact same crap. You know what's so fascinating about what you just said? How that argument always pertains to Democrats, of course, but specifically it always applies to a Clinton. Remember Bush versus uh, Gore in 2000? Why are you voting for Bush? Well, because Gore was Clinton's vice president, and Clinton lied to me under oath, and he lied about these affairs, and he was doing a dereliction of duty instead of uh, protecting us from September 11th. But they always say, well, that was all in the past. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
I know. But and they get so angry about which, of course, the emotional charge indicates wrongest. Uh, right. You know, the wrongest uh, tripwire has been tri- but, but triggered. When they say, isn't that all in the past? Isn't that like saying, uh, you know, a, a student who goes to college or whatever, and he constantly gets Fs, F, F, F on this topic, on F on this uh, subject as well, year after year. And then finally, he doesn't graduate or whatever. And they say, well, look, you know, you weren't really competent and you got, you know, an average of a D plus all the time. And then they says, well, that's, that's in the past. I'm a brilliant now. Yeah. Right. But. Well, wait a minute, but you're but you're always wrong. Yeah, I'm engaging in smart think now, yeah. not wrong think, smart think. But I mean, I mean, and then and then you know who's the replacement? You know, somebody like Bernie Sanders. I don't think Bernie Sanders will run again, but but somebody like him will. And and what happens then? And and then of course it's always the cult of personality. They they never talk about. And Dennis Prager is always frustrated about this, and, and I'm frustrated about it too. Always focus on the ideology. That's your best bet, especially when you've got a candidate who is not that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, not that bad in terms of his uh, background, right? You know, he I hasn't think, bribed anybody, yeah. he hasn't stolen money, he hasn't destroyed an email. I mean, Hillary Clinton's problem was that she had so many bad things in her, ba- in her background, it was easy to jump on her and say, you know, you're, you're irresponsible, you're reckless. But what if you don't have a Hillary Clinton? What if you just have somebody who's the equivalent of, let's say, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez? No, no, she's she's a nut, but she's not a good example. Um, well, maybe she is. She's perfect because there's no criminal on record. That's true. It's just the ideology is horribly perverse. And, okay, good point. I was I was thinking about Evan Bayh, for example, but but she's a more modern example of that, a more recent example. And you're right, she doesn't have a uh, anything to point to like the destructive behavior that Hillary Clinton engaged in, yeah. or health issues or anything else like that. So you have to go on the attack about what she believes, what she would do as president, and what she knows, for that matter. But the best thing to say is, and, and I, I don't, I never liked George Bush the father uh, as president, but when he campaigned against Dukakis, he got it right. He did it right. Uh, putting aside the whole uh, Willie Horton thing, which was actually a brilliant move because he did it. Was it, awesome. it, was, it was awesome. It was true. It was true. But, 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 what he, but the, the main focus, and people forget this, and I, I remember it very well, he focused on Dukakis as a liberal. That man is a liberal, he said. The L word. This, he believes in liberal policies. And we know that those are destructive. Let me explain to you why liberalism doesn't work. And he used the word liberal, so just go with it. He meant leftist. But nevertheless, there you have it. And so he went on and on with it, and it was very effective. Now, look, I mean, it was, the fact was that he was riding on the coattails of uh, Ronald Reagan and did a, a very good job and had that wind in his back, as it were. But still very effective campaign. And we should do more of that. We should prepare for that in 2020, and for that matter, in 2018. The, the liberal policies don't work. Everywhere we've, they've been embraced, it's always failed. Those are the numbers. And you cannot win an argument if you play their game. But the great news, folks, is that once you realize that it's a numbers game, literally, you will win. You will always trip them up. They will never have any quarter at the end of the day. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week. 